0: I guess it's gonna be a long show. After all, it'll be quick. Come on. Will it be? You've got you got seventeen pages of notes right there. I got a lot. I'm talking about. Well, let's start.
1: Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dweeze
0: Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. The doctor really wants to make a mix and cook bet with you. Really wants to make one. Well,
1: when we're on together next time, make sure we bring it up. Is that ever going to happen again? <laughs> I
0: don't know. If I... Well, you come once a month. That makes it tough. That's not true. Makes we it came more, fucking
1: twice today. Makes it more worthwhile. Have you come today?
0: Just the once. Just once. Well, I guess this is number sense. two then. This is my cum number two.
1: Mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> I jerked off four times in a day this week. One day. Yeah, I just kept jerking oh. off.
2: Does it fucking hurt your penis after a while?
0: Does it stretch my penis? Does it hurt your penis after a while? Ah, I always take long breaks between. You lubricate well during the latter sessions. <laughs> Shit, my dick, my dick will be sore after a long fuck session. <laughs> Sometimes you fuck your wife for an hour.
1: No. But like, why would you fuck wait for an even hour? like ten or fifteen minutes? Like, my dick will be sore for a while. Oh yeah, you need a break
2: after ten or fifteen minutes of fucking. Yeah, no way. Oh yeah, you must have some thin skin. You should. I Maybe. mean, they get
0: weird.
1: <laughs> they get weird. I don't know. It happens. Bullfrog fucking
0: is different from you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ribbit. Welcome to your football fantasy. <laughs> We're back in the couch. The uh, the original three. The Wiz is here with us. Bullfrog is back. Good to be back for a one Let week. Letting out a uh, lockup up for one week.
1: One week pit stop. We're gone again next week, fuckers. Did you tell the listeners anything about what not to do? Nope. You guys already gave the lessons and tips <laughs> of the day. We'll leave it at that.
0: Be nice if you don't have anything nice to say. My wife got a haircut a few, uh, week ago, and I didn't say anything for a week about it. <laughs> And eventually, after a week, she got a little pissy that I hadn't said anything. Did you said that's a mullet, but I worked up. I worked up the, at that point, um, you know, to where I could say something nice, whether I meant it or not. <laughs> but I, I waited. I'm glad you could learn something from from me. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate. I'm a your good failures. teacher. Learn from other people's failures. That way, well, you don't have to learn from your own,
1: right? You know, someone said I read Twitter today. They said they were annoyed by the sound of beers opening on podcasts. Fucking. Open the beer. What else do you do on this show? I mean, somebody I've... said, oh, as soon as I hear that, I'll just stop listening. Well, we don't want him. We don't want those people. Or lip smacking, do any of us, or a throat clearing. I know I've got that oh, issue yeah, we a little, little bit. Shit all the time. <laughs> One of those things. <sighs> Especially when the... the, the well, what uh, about dog
0: collars shaking? When I get too too much, too
1: much <sighs> gluten oh,
0: in my Jesus. diet, I get a lot of that phlegm. I mean, we're not <laughs> a... We don't have a very professional sound, let's be honest. Totally a studio. It's all about the content. We have several Facts. studios. We're almost finished with Studio C. Mm. Almost? Pretty, I could probably put it in the floor to this weekend. Can we get a summer... A summer... Uh, Extravaganza? Something. At a, Studio a, a C? A grand opening party? Hey, a Studio is Studio going to happen? Asking for a lot. I got a PR guy we can talk to. Do you have a mortgage? You <laughs> What'd you say? Do you have a mortgage? guy? I, <laughs> hey, let's, let's get into... The show this week. Uh, I guess before we do, it's your football fantasy. Go find us and follow us and rate us on iTunes. Go follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dweeznuts You are. I'm Mark. <laughs> <laughs> at YFF the Bullfrog. Uh, tell somebody about our podcast, just so that we can get some more people listening. Maybe the Bullfrog will show up if we get if if we. Do you think Gary Hedda listening? will come back? Do you want to get him on a show? Yeah. I hey, promise you
1: we can get his hey, ass in. Hey, somebody somebody posted like as what what podcast should I be listening to out there and Gary Haddow tagged ours. Oh, right Gary. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: We're bringing Gary in. We're going to bring him on the show. We're going to we're actually going to do it this time Gary. <laughs> you and me, buddy. We'll catch up. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about some news. This week in football. A few things to point to here. Your boy, your favorite New York Jets tight end Chris Herndon. I guess you said it before. I didn't hear it. Did when we? It was
1: actually our uh, sophomore sleeper show. That was a while back. Chris Herndon. I said he's probably gonna. It might help him have some value at the draft too. Because if once that comes out, he's gonna fall down the board. He's not gonna get drafted as a starter. Gotta do it. But I think uh, two game
0: suspension is coming.
2: Isn't he a black unicorn? Isn't that what he called himself? he said he was a white. Just, sh- just white a, net, just a Dallas, unicorn.
1: Just a unicorn. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Herndon that, was though. a unicorn player. Yeah. Okay. He said that about himself.
0: Adam GaSe said that about Chris Herndon. Adam, you yeah. trust everything Adam gay says. Well, with those eyes, Let's how can you not?
1: Bennett said he was the black unicorn. That's right. That's right.
0: You said that to me last year, and I was, I was taking. It back.
1: I tried trading for him in our dynasty probably ten times, but I just fucking he wouldn't
0: bite on it. I think he ended up with a better tight end in trade. I, did. You I got did Hawkinson. get Hawkinson. Yeah, that's probably the better move. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, that's where Hawkinson went, right? Yeah. Theoretic. Riddick. Came out today that he's on the roster bubble. He might not actually make this roster. And it doesn't seem like big news because Theo Riddick, who gives a fuck? But it matters for Karrion Johnson, doesn't it? Big 10. No. Big 10.
2: How's this matter for Karrion Johnson? Because
0: Theo Riddick averages 60 to 80 targets a year if he's off the and team. And 40 of those are the wide receiver position.
2: Carrion Johnson
1: is going to be a stud. Yes.
0: If Theo Riddick is off the team, no. target numbers increase
1: for Carrion Johnson I think by 20. It, I, I think it's insane. even better for the Lions' offense because when Riddick comes in, What's happening? Well, they're going to throw it to fucking Riddick, or he's running a route. You if, know, if you to get a fucking on real on receiver
2: there, on your team, then that would probably solve part of these well, problems. Well,
1: Carryon Johnson, that's a
0: dual threat guy. You know, I think it helps your offense. If he's gone, yeah, that that has to increase Carryon Johnson's stock. All right, let's look at the next one. Speaking of worthless wide receivers, Marquis Lee, who was <laughs> one of the many Jacksonville wide receivers that over the past couple mm-hmm. of years has been touted as he's going to be the guy. Um, I, You know, I was kind of bought in this year that he was likely going to be the guy that didn't mean a whole lot for me for fantasy. But um, he's not expected to be back by camp from his injury. So I have a question for you guys. Which one of these Jacksonville wide receivers do you think is going to finish as the number one stat-wise on the team? That doesn't mean he'll be fantasy relevant. That doesn't mean go get him on your roster right now. Only one of these guys is being drafted. But your choices are Marquise Lee, DeeDee Westbrook. DJ Shark, last year's rookie Chris Conley, who came over from Kansas City this year, or Keelan Cole, uh, the stud from a couple of seasons ago. Which one of these guys ends as the number one on the team?
1: Go ahead, Froggy. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark on this one and take the sophomore uh, DJ Shark. Chark. I feel like uh, physically, athletically, he's the uh, the best tool they've got, and uh, with a new quarterback, he's got a new, you know, a new opportunity to kind of show what he's got, and I'm going to trust that that connection occurs earlier than later this season.
0: We like DJ Shark after last year's Combine because of his incredible Combine performance. Do you like any of these guys, really? It's not about who you like for fantasy. I just want to know who you think is going to finish as the number one on this team. Well, I think it should be DJ,
2: right? It should be him. Yeah. The rest of these guys, I mean, they're they're all bums. I mean, even if he's number one, he's he's a number wide receiver 30, so... I don't have much faith.
0: Well, between Marquise Lee and D. E. Westbrook, who for a couple of years now, they, the teams have been saying this is our one and two, they can't stay healthy. They can't stay on the field. So, like, if they string some games together, maybe they have some talent. If they string some games together with at least a slightly better quarterback than what they've been dealing with. Probably some good best ball targets. Late. It's possible. A lot of, guys of these guys have big games. A lot of these guys are, you know, deep threat guys, right? Conley Conley's a deep Doesn't threat guy. Doesn't this all involve, Deep threat guy. Foles? Yeah, it yeah. does. And, and Nick Foles is not a throw the ball down the field kind of guy. He's a throw it up kind of guy to Alshon Jeffrey. This None of these guys are bigger Shark? than six foot. Shark? Right? Maybe? A few of them are fast. Um, a lot of them are fast, like to go streak down the field. That's not really Nick Foles' style, which may, makes me want to say, you know, let Marquise Lee get back. He might be the kind of route runner. DJ six three, like. is he? Cole and Westbrook were like six six foot, but oh. Chark's got six three. Chark's a little bigger, but did not realize
1: he's a second round draft. Second round, draft. yeah. None of
0: these. The only one that's being drafted is D.D. Westbrook as a wide receiver forty nine. You don't have to draft any of these guys, but you know, if one of them emerges, maybe they come a, a mid season pickup to to stream in the. Uh, flex spot for you, and and it might be nice to see what Foles could do there. But it doesn't matter. Stop talking about the Jacksonville wide receivers. Uh, Let's move to Indianapolis. we got two tight ends in Indianapolis, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Doyle has now been hurt for, what, like 415 days running. Eric Ebron had this mystery groin surgery over the offseason that came out of nowhere. Uh, As of just last week, both guys are now running routes full speed in in workouts and at uh, the OTAs there. So the easy question is, what do you like between these two? And let's be honest, one of them is probably going to be pretty good, if not both. Like, what's your thoughts?
2: I think it's going to be Doyle, unfortunately. I just don't know. I can't imagine Eric Ebron does this two years in a row. Or it's going to be, you know, six and six TDs, and they're going to hurt each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I... – I mean, their stats last year when they were both on the field, I think I talked about it last year. Doyle had more targets, targets, targets. More targets, receptions. But again, Ebron was still scoring touchdowns. So if they're both playing, I think it's kind of what you said, you know, they'll both be streaming type tight ends, you know, six, seven touchdowns each. But again, if one of them goes down, the other one's a stud. The only thing I think about Doyle is Doyle has never actually taken advantage of this role. Well, he missed out on some luck you know, injuries, well, when
0: Luck was hurt. Well, Worst-case scenario is both of these guys are healthy, and Ebron takes all the touchdown work, Doyle takes all the target work, and, you know, in that case, Doyle's probably more valuable because he'll be consistent throughout the year, more catches, more re- yards. Um, Ebron will likely have two two touchdown games like he did last year. Um, however, like, let's not forget you know, there were some, some moves on this team. There's a lot of talk about Paris Campbell. We'll get to it in a little bit, thinking he's going to do a lot of work. They're going to create packages just for him. Naheem Hines is still going to come in and catch catch the ball a lot more this year as he's developed from last year's rookie. Uh, Marlon Mack is going to get the ball a lot more than we've seen a running back in Indianapolis get it in a while. So maybe neither of these guys is as good as we thought. Hopefully it's Ebron. He's a fucking stud because he's on our dynasty team. Well, one of these guys finished top ten. Yes. One? There's a chance that both of them finish. Yeah. I wouldn't so put it right outside here. of the. I, I would say it's probably 50 50 that they both fucking finish top 10 because tight ends suck. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that far or that's that unrealistic. To be I honest. would draft either one of these guys, if I'm honest. Like, I don't know their ADPs off the top of my head. I'd have to look, but my guess is they're not going super high, and I'd draft either one of them. Who would you rather have? Well, it depends on what you're looking for. It depends on your roster b- makeup, right? If you need, Who would you rather have? If you need a guy that's going to be a go out and get a couple of huge games, Ebron. If I just need some consistency at the position because I've already got some Boomer Bust players up higher up on my roster, then I go for Doyle. Are you really drafting? Are you really drafting Boomer Bust tight ends? If I've got a lot of consistency at the wide receiver position, yeah. Hmm.
1: Ebron's going at the six ten, Doyle at the fourteen two. Mm. So again, it depends the on what you're looking for.
0: There. Depends if you if you start the top of your draft and you're drafting consistent players, you need a boomer bust somewhere. They're going to level out. All
1: my listeners know that I will not
0: be drafting Eric Ebro. Yeah, but do you want to trade for him? (laughs) No. Okay, let's move on, guys. Um, You know it's the time of the year when all the hype is is it's starting to ramp up lots of hype about a lot of players a lot of young players right now i've got five guys that have been pretty well hyped over the last week by their coaches or two weeks by their coaches five young wide receivers the question is this whose hype are you buying the most which one of these guys do you think actually does what their coaching and office staff and everybody's talking about them doing this year here's your list DK Metcalf, quote, looks really special, and the team's trying to design. Everyone a looks special for there. Him. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he is, quote, dominating in the red zone, but everybody in the world expected that to happen. Uh, just what yesterday, uh, Green Bay said, hey, their new offense is catered to a wide receiver that can do what MVS, Marquise Valdez-Cantling, can do. He is Most likely going to be the number two there. Paris Campbell in Indianapolis. Coaches said, look, speed. He's fast as shit. We have big designs for him. That's a quote. And then there's Christian Kirk in Arizona, who is way ahead of the curve on this team with this new offense. Out of those five guys, who are you buying the hype on the most? Which one of these guys actually has a big year? I think it's pretty easy. Metcalf looks special. That doesn't tell me anything.
2: Whiteside might be dominating the red zone against girls. I don't know. Jeffrey is still there. Uh, MVS, there's 34 different receivers in Green Bay. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying that he can't do it. And Paris Campbell, he, I'm sure he's fast as shit, but Kirk is the only second-year wide receiver here. So to well, me... MVS is the second-year. MVS is. You're correct. Uh, I think Kirk's of the
1: curb. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Ooh, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, I think you got to throw the Rooks out just off first... You know, we all know about rookie receivers. Uh... Oh, so that that's, yeah, dang. Maybe Christian Kirk, I guess. I'm not really huge on MBS. I feel like there's a shitload of wide receivers to sort through up there in Green Bay still with a lot of time before the season starts. So i I think they're just trying to probably boost his confidence, honestly. I guess Christian Kirk, but with a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach, that's kind of a shit show as well.
0: And and, and a a whole lot of new weapons.
1: Yeah, exactly, lots of weapons there. I like Campbell for the mere fact that I feel like he's going to step right in as the gadget guy.
0: And that's an easier thing to learn for new wide receivers than the typical lineup outside. And, you know, you look at
1: their receiving core. We talked about the tight ends, and you got T.Y. Hilton, but who do they have? Other than that, and Naheem Himes. What? Yeah, we'll see about that. So I I think it's kind of a coin toss between Campbell and Kirk. And uh, honestly, you know, maybe with a little actually push towards Campbell because of Andrew Luck factor.
0: Uh, I'm going to zig here. We all zagged. I like Whiteside. I would not be totally blown away if he scores nine or ten touchdowns this year. (laughs) I'll take that bet, which would be amazing. <laughs> now, I haven't stated my guys out yet. I'm going to see where he ends All up, right. but but there's a good chance I would take a bet like that. We'll All see. Right. All right, let's move on off of the news. There's some news. I think that was a fun talk. Let's go to the stat of the week.
2: Big Wiz and his stat of the week from 2017 and the 2018 season. There are only three QBs who you mean made over the
0: last two seasons. The last two okay. seasons,
2: there's only two QB or three QBs who. Finished in the top ten
0: in both those seasons. Who were they? Dak Prescott is one of them. He is one of them. Yes! There's another one. Russell Wilson. What? There's another! Oh, Nice. Thank you. And there's one more. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no, because he got hurt in 17, right? No. Big Ben. Uh, Ooh. Matt Ryan. Uh, Drew Brees.
1: Ding ding ding! There it is, he sweet
0: buddy. Drew Brees, wow, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Little rusty on So we'll come back to that Dak Prescott one, but like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson make sense, right? Those are studs. But Dak, that's Dak, baby. That's a Well, the,
2: yeah, 2017 Russell just went crazy. Yes, but I, I was surprised Big Ben. Wasn't well, he was one
0: in 2017. Yeah. He was two last year. So, really high. So touchdowns. two years ago, you Ben must have sucked two Yeah, years ago. I was surprised
2: Big Ben wasn't there.
0: Because
1: last year he was, what, fifth or something, I think, Big Ben. That's higher than that third. Oh, third?
0: Yeah. Okay, not a bad state of the week. Let's talk dumb shit.
2: And now for more dumb shit I heard this week.
0: For so, so, so many reasons, devout belief in God is the single most dangerous thing on the face of the earth. Let me give you one example as to why that is. There's a young lady, homeschooled through high school, um, big churchgoer, big churchgoing family, big believer. I want to say her father might have been a pastor or something along these lines. After high school, she felt like God was talking to her and told her, go to Africa, help the kids. So she went on a mission trip, spent however long over there, did a little bit of work, came back and said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my life, and if God speaks to me again, I'll go back again, and I'll help more people. Well, God spoke to her again. God sent her out to this little town. Um, I can't even remember the country at this point. Uganda. Okay? So in Uganda. Uh, She's out there. She set up her own little organization. She was helping kids with malnourishment issues. And after she saw some kids coming back from the local hospital not being treated well, God spoke to her in a dream and said, You can do better. Help these kids. So this homeschool, high school student um, decided she was going to first register her organization as a a medical whatever. And she'd start acting as a doctor for children. So she started performing surgeries. She started diagnosing kids and giving them prescription medications, giving them shots herself. God kept telling her she was on the right path, doing the right thing. I read one article recently uh, that is accusing her of at least 10 deaths, murders of children because of medical malpractice, because she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And then after I read that one, I thought, that's not very good. There's 10 kids that you've just killed. Um, I saw that there is currently a lawsuit against this woman claiming that she's killed more than 120 kids. How old um, is this lady? She's, uh, I believe she's early 20s, been there for a few years. But it's all because God told her to do these things, and she's doing it in the name of God. And God told her she could do a better job than the hospital in helping these kids. And now she's killed a 100 kids um, because God told her to. Guys, a devout belief in God is the single most dangerous well, thing I, on
1: the planet. I, my only argument there would be, I, I think it has nothing to do with God,
0: <laughs> but more just a crazy you woman. Gotta, you got to talk to the woman. So I think... You know. what, but what gave her the courage to do these things? Um, there were stories in Florida def- where uh, guys were selling illness. dope because just told them to. Mental illness, yeah.
1: I believe, is oh, a yeah. thing. But uh,
0: well, a Yes, I believe do believe like. that a devout belief in God should be considered a mental illness. <laughs> You're not wrong there. That's my dumb shit <laughs> for the week. Let's move on to the main event. I started looking for a good drop for the main event. try to find a, a nice sound, a Michael Buffer sound mm-hmm. clip. But I couldn't get, I could find one anywhere. And I didn't try real hard because mm. I was not very happy. I was not in a good place. Mm. Maybe if I had gotten yeah, in my rough life. week,
1: maybe.
0: Let's jump into the main event this week. Our main event is simple we're, we're going to talk about overhyped and underhyped players in the league. Each of us have selected one overhyped player, somebody that everybody's all, all over, um, but you should avoid. And one underhyped player that maybe isn't getting talked about at all, but hey, look at them in your draft and see if you can't win your league. That way, let's start with the overhyped guys I want to hear from the Vegas. I get to go first. Of course. Overhyped guy for me is
2: Odell Beckham Jr.
0: That is how you pronounce it. Pick
2: number 1.12. The 12th pick.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I just don't like Odell that much. He's kind of a bitch. Whines a lot like <laughs> you guys. Um, he's been in the league. This will be a sixth season, folks. Out of those... E- the, the five seasons that he's been part of, he's only played in all 16 games once. Okay? And three of those, he's play, he's gone 12 games or less. Um, He's never had a season as a top three wide receiver.
0: Has he never had a wow. season never. as three. top three?
2: Mm. Uh, his catch rate is number 60 overall. He has number 28 in yards after catch, number 38 after yards per reception.
1: Is this career? Career. Like career-wise, obviously. Okay.
2: Oof. I just want to give you guys these stats, okay? Wide receiver number 1 here had 124 targets, 77 receptions. This is this is what they're predicting, okay? This is wide receiver number 1. Receptions over 20 yards equals 17, Six TDs, 1000 yards and 12.8 points per game. Okay? Wide receiver number 2, 139 targets, 86 receptions, 26 reset receptions over 20 plus yards, 8 TDs and 1500 yards, 12.4 points per game. Wide receiver number three here, 120 targets, 76 receptions, 22 receptions over 20-plus yards, six CDs, and 1,200 yards, and 1.6 points per game. Which one of those is Odell?
1: Oh, I can't remember all those stats. Was in the
2: notes. They're all about the fucking same is the point. Okay? Yeah. I'll tell you, he's wide receiver number one. The other two, wide receiver two, is Mike Evans. Wide receiver three is... Uh, my boy T.Y. Hilton, oh. Two, 2.09 in, th- in for uh, Mike Evans, so right, a whole, basically a whole round later in 3.01 for T.Y. Hilton. I just yeah. think, I just personally think that Odell Beckham, he has a huge name, he's in Cleveland, they're going to have one of the tougher schedules this year. Um, you can find value elsewhere, and this is what this all, this whole all episode's about finding value elsewhere. And we Odell's are, good.
0: Yeah. But you can find basically the same receiver a whole round later. We know that he's outrageously physically talented. However, like you cannot ignore the fact that when receivers go to new teams, they struggle. Almost always. They struggle. Because there's chemistry issues there, maybe it's an offense that they gotta learn, there's issues and it's tough to do. Um so so take all of what you said, add that to it. Do you think TY Hilton and Mike Evans finish higher than Odell Beckham? To your to the three receivers you put on. I think they're going
2: to fall in the same, in the same ballpark. Uh, I mean, the one thing I like that that's going for T.Y., Andrew Luck. Yeah. Right? You can't take that away from him. Um, the, the thing I don't like about Odell, he's competing against Landry, Joku, Chubb, Hunt, Higgins, Cal... I mean, there's a lot of names in
0: Cleveland now. Right. Um, but I, Baker Mayfield's one of them. You like I Baker. do like Baker Mayfield. but I, If I, Baker Mayfield's going to score 35 touchdowns this year, you both have said it. How many of those go to Odell?
2: at most 10.
0: Yeah.
1: 8 to 10. Okay. My my thing with with guys like Odell is always like 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 the Aaron Rodgers and DeVonte Adams thing is is the quarterback just going to force feed the guy because I don't think he can right. where he's at in this. That's what I mean. Maybe he does. You know, maybe when they're passing, maybe fucking Baker just says, "All right, I'm gonna throw it to you." Fucking four out of five times. Sure. And then he just has a blow up year. But but I don't think it'll be that way. But like Devonta Adams, he seems like that
0: way. Hopkins when he's that way. Right. When you know when Kitchens took over the offense, Baker did the exact opposite, and he spread the ball right. more everybody got love when kitchens was the coach there and he is the coach there now so
1: yeah i don't think odell can hold up and be that guy i don't think he's got the physical body to be the guy that can take catch after catch you know he's proven he can't play a fucking Correct. season 60 you percent know? of the time he is not so right. I'm, I'm good with that one
0: yeah i don't hate that call what about you bullfrog who's your overhyped guy a name we have heard on this show before. Uh, has there been a, a
1: show where we've not talked about this guy?
0: I don't. I don't think. I, I can
1: keep I the streak alive because I'm pretty sure if the doc was here and <laughs> Joe Mixon came down these stairs, Doc would fall to his knee, mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> you, just hear know, you mean, would, you would just hear ones. a little bit of that. Uh, so I'm going to say, slow your fucking roll on uh, Mr. Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, lots of reasons. You guys talked about it a little bit with the coaches' changes. If I remember correctly, you guys were kind of high on Joe Mixon, all of you, at least Wiz, yeah. I said oh, sure. the you could do is you can uh, project Zach Taylor, what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor, you know, he's going to be the play caller. They did bring in Brian Callahan to be the offensive coordinator, who just happens to be the son of Bill Callahan, who coached Zach Taylor while he was quarterback at Nebraska, so it's just nice that court, they uh, kept it in the family there, you know. Oh, let's just bring in my old college coach's son to help me out here because I don't know any better. Mm. Uh, that seems real real promising. Uh, when he co- when he was the head coach calling the plays at Cincinnati, uh, they were one of the worst offenses in the NCAA. Uh, he had a little interim offensive coordinator action in 2015 for the Miami Dolphins where they went 2-3 and three and averaged 17 points per game. Uh, all of these statistics just really, really scream Joe Mixon's going to have a huge year. Um he's currently ADP is at 110. I mean he's getting drafted already at his fucking ceiling. You know, the seventh running back. I mean, what's his ceiling? Maybe five? I mean to me you're getting no value drafting Joe Mixon at the end of the first round. Last year I draft I drafted Joe Mixon in the third and he still fucking sucked for my team. And that was in the third round. he so finishes, what money making number Yeah, nine, but he, he didn't win me any yeah. fucking Packer, games. Packer. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his weighted opportunities, he was ninth in the NFL between receptions and carries. But his production premium was number 48. The doc wants to go on and say, oh, he just leaves opportunity. No. When given opportunity, ninth best in the NFL, he's fucking terrible. 50th. Mm hmm. To, oh, none of this screams to me unless he is the next Sean McVay. Fucking, I'll I'll eat fucking crow and shit right here on this table. Oh God, I can't Make wait, me wait for that. Make a big pile. Will he,
0: will he eat shit
1: out of that? Just kidding. <laughs> that I'm not am like Not bad. taking that uh, bad, but, Which it could be, you know, maybe one out of hundred he is the next Sean McVay. But at 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 the end of the first round, I'm gonna say. No thank you on Joe Mixon. Well, the one thing I,
2: I agree with you on is 110. As we said, the 10th pick overall, that is that is extremely high. I thought you can get Mixon maybe in, in the early second round, you know, five picks later. Um,
0: well, he's climbing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you could have gotten him in the early second, the second round. Hence the hype. The hype syndrome, maybe. Mean, it's real right the now. The one thing I,
2: I would sit there and I don't agree with you on is that I think he's going to get the opportunity. Running backs, regardless, get the opportunity. You are accurate that he never won you a game last year, but he still finishes a top 10 running back. And he's going to get more opportunities. I don't like 110 because you're right. There's not a lot of value. That's what I would
1: say. I mean, a lot Twitter was a lot of Twitter's putting Mixon over Melvin Gordon. Yeah. No what are way. you guys feeling about that? That's fucking garbage. It's insane. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. You said seventh running back. There's, there's six running backs all day that are going to finish ahead of him. Right? There's probably a couple more. Um, I agree with both of your overhyped picks so far. My overhyped pick has, has gotten a lot of hype. Going back to last season, that's George Kittle. Tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, in case you didn't know who he was. I told um, you about how good he was gonna be last year. You didn't want to draft him. No, I don't want to draft him again this year. Right now, obviously, he's going as a tight end three. Like, that's obvious. And I don't hate him going as a tight end three. My you big should go issue for tight end number three is that he's being picked at third round, fourth pick, three oh four in your half point ADP. That is way too fucking high. Ooh. Now, last year, yes. George Kittle broke records, right? Right. He who's who he broke Ertz's record like 20 minutes after Ertz had the record most receiving yards um, for a tight end ever. Uh, but look, guys, even with that statistic, he scored five touchdowns last year. Like Ebron had how many receiving yards and scored 13? Right. Like if you want, uh, if you want. A stud tight end, you need touchdowns and yards. He's not going to start scoring touchdowns all of a sudden. He's certainly not going to get the same target share he had last year. Uh, While Nick Mullins was quarterback for this team, after literally the entire team got hurt last year, he had six games with nine or more targets. That That was the last eight games of the season. It was half of the year. Half of the year. He had six of those games, nine or more targets. Some, he had 13 targets. I think he had four games with 10 or more targets. Without Nick Mullins in there, that is before everybody on the team got hurt. He only had one game with nine plus targets. A big part of what he did last year and what you remember is him and Nick Mullins and that connection they had because Mullins was doing exactly what we talked about a second ago and legitimately force-feeding the ball to one guy who was taller and faster over the middle than everybody, so he was the easy target. People are coming back this year. Not only are people coming back like Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis' second year, he's coming on after the second half of last year. He started to play a lot better as well. He's coming on. We like him. They added Hurd, uh, right? They added Samuel to this team. Tevin Coleman came on this team. Jarek McKinnon is coming back. These are all people that are going to fight for the ball. They're all talented players, or at least potentially talented players, that are going to take looks away from George Kittle. George Kittle got, by far and away, the absolute cap in opportunity he will ever have last season. And I want to repeat this part. He only scored five touchdowns. And it's not because they didn't try to give him touchdowns, okay? He had the 13th highest red zone target share in the league last year among all players and still only scored five fucking touchdowns last year. Take away targets, takeaway yards receiving, the touchdowns may still be right at about five. This guy's not going to finish anywhere near good enough to be drafted early third round. Well, San Fran only scored a total of six
2: TDs last year, so... <laughs> They were pretty bad. Um, I, I agree with your statement that he was the only it on that team last year. He was forced by the ball, especially with when Nick Mullins knew no one else on the team. who was just throwing to the biggest guy on the field, and that was
0: Kiddled for a red jersey. Yeah, that was
2: streaking across the middle. Um, my only question to you is Is he likely TD will probably regress upwards just because of the amount of opportunity he had and didn't score last year?
0: Well, his opportunity is going to fall, is what I'm saying. And I think his is going to fall. I don't think his TDs will go up much. If they even beat six, is his cap, I think. So what, to, what tight ends are going above him? Ertz? Ertz and Ertz and uh, Kelsey.
2: So what's the legit spot landing spot for Kittle, I guess, is my question here. What's a good round to draft Kittle in?
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I, I... Six or seven?
2: Oh, there's not going to be three rounds where there's no tight end taken.
0: No, there's not. This is why you should not touch him. He's way too overhyped for what I'm he's doing. I'm not sure I like
2: my 304 because there's still too many players. I, prom-
0: I promise you, if you, d- listeners, if you draft George Kittle, you're going to be very disappointed at the end if of the If you season. draft him in this spot, I would agree with you on. If you draft him, you're going to be very disappointed.
1: I think, he, I think he scores more than five touchdowns this year. I agree with you on that. I mean, he did get a lot of red zone opportunities. He just didn't fucking... They didn't connect on any. He had one five-yard touchdown. He had one 10-yard touchdown. And then he had a 43-yard touchdown, an 82-yard touchdown, and an 85-yard touchdown. Mm. That motherfucker won weeks. He, can, he yeah, won yeah. you no matchups. Uh, with Garoppolo, you got to think he's the best red zone target they're going to have this year. He's obviously talented. I think we'd all agree there.
0: I think the best I think red can... zone target they're gonna have this year you is think Pettis? Jalen Hurd. Ah, fuck that. He's trash. <laughs> a rookie? Come yeah. on, why are you so high on these rookies? I just think Jalen Hurd's ah. a good
1: opportunity in the red zone. I think Kittle I think Kittle should score seven or eight touchdowns. I think he probably loses a little bit on the opportunity uh end, but I think I'm
0: going his... to give Kittle 875 yards and six touchdowns. Mm. Baxter he had 1400 1300 something yards and five touchdowns, so he's going to regret nice. fantasy points. 600 yards less. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. I, th- 500 500 he, I think he gets a thousand. I think he gets right around a thousand
1: because he's got the skill to bust big plays still. You know, he can catch a 10 yarder and turn it into 50 or 60 or 80. He's shown that. I think he still gets about a thousand and eight. Which probably still real clearly the number three, but maybe not value at the round three pick. Yeah, I would agree with that statement.
0: Yeah, there you go. Those are overhyped guys. Don't draft Odell Beckham Jr.
1: But I do think he's not going to be as sweet as he was last year. You're going to be disappointed
0: because that's what people that draft him are expecting. Last year's George Kittle, and that's just not happening. Don't draft (laughs) George Kittle. Don't draft Joe (coughs) Mixon. Who should our listeners go get? (coughs) Who are our (coughs) underhyped? Guys, nobody's talking about them, but they should be. With I right, go first. Of course. Allen
2: Robinson, folks, from my Chicago Bears. Ugh. Yeah. Allen, I'm going deep. I like to go deep in things. Um, Pick 7-11. Wide receiver number 33 overall. Around the same spots as Latavius, Murray, Christian Kirk, McCoy, who fucking is terrible, Carlos Hyde, and Geronimo Allison. The only guy that's even remotely close in there is Kirk.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah.
2: Other fucking guys are sh- just shitty. Um, he was on the field for 91.2% of the plays. We talk about opportunity all the time. That is a fuckload of opportunity. Was he
0: not... You mean when he was not hurt? Did he missed a few games. No, right? he played all 16 last year. Seriously? He just didn't score a lot. Did he miss
2: parts of games? I feel like he was hurt last no, year. No, he just can't disappeared a lot. Oh. Um, his target share is 21.8% of the time. In his last seven games, they went up to 238 Um His last eight games, he had more than eight targets four times. Uh, In the playoff game, this is the important one, he had 13 targets, 10 receptions, and one TD, folks. I think he's developing a relationship with your boy, Michael Trubisky.
0: Um,
2: 11.8 points per game, I talked about before with uh, your boy Odell at 12.4. This is only a half a point less than that, and this is fucking seven rounds later. His strength of
1: schedule is the sixth easiest out of all wide receivers right now. Not I, I love me some Allen Robinson. I think I brought him up earlier in the in, in the offseason. And he's really their only possession type receiver. He's their big receiver. Right. But he's also got field stretching capabilities. But like you think of all the other guys, little gadget fucking quick guys. So when Mitch needs to make a third down play, man. George's the big guy. I feel like he
0: does look for him a lot. You know, he's he's tied to a quarterback that I can't fucking say. You've got to get over his. that. I can't get over it. <laughs> Now, now, end of seventh round. Yeah, that's a, that's a good value for a guy that could be, could be pretty good. Making this relative, he, are, was, he there, was taken
2: last year's number thirteen wide receiver overall.
0: Sure, there are other pieces on the team that I think are going to have a lot of touches. I think that twenty one point eight percent target share will probably end up somewhere in there again, which is it's good, not great, right? It's good, not great. The concern was touchdowns for him last year. He didn't Correct. have them. Um, Can he score? You know, can he score some? Depends on what the team does. We've said it how many times uh, before. You can't trust Nagy in the red zone to call a play that makes any sense, which might include throw it to your big receiver, right? So, so well, I did
2: say that the Bears will be a top ten offense. You did, Um, and I'm I'm sticking to that with Alan Robinson. Part of the reason, though, is he just pick round a seven, pick eleven. That's
0: that is deep. Something to something that you wrote in the notes here that I think is worth repeating. You know, he had that ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Was it a tear. He had that ACL tear previously, and last year was his first Correct. year back. Um, Typically takes him a whole full year to get back. Yeah, so so you got to imagine, at least physically, he'll be better. You know, I don't know that Allen Robinson has ever been a great route runner. I don't remember him looking like he was all that wide open last year on a lot of the catches that he had, but he's catching balls anyway. So maybe, maybe he improves a little bit. Maybe he gets a little quicker out of his breaks after that. Um, but you know what? At the seven eleven, it's worth considering those guys. Wide receiver number thirty three. You're not about. you're not wrong. He's a lot better than the guys that are going around him right now, except maybe Christian Kirk. I think it's realistic
2: to think that he could end up as round wide receiver number fifteen. Oh, if I can ooh, half
0: that with I, I mean with eight TDs and a thousand yards. It's reasonable that he's in the top twenty four for sure. And if he's going thirty three, then there's value. Yeah. Well, is, is it realistic that he, he gets 250 more yards and doubles his TDs? It's realistic that he gets 250 more yards. I'm concerned about his doubling his TDs because, like I said, you can't trust Nagy in the resume.
2: I agree with that. But, I mean, there's a lot of stupid shit with Anthony Miller getting these ridiculous shovel pass type touchdowns. I think touchdowns. Anthony
0: Miller will continue to get a bunch of those ridiculous yeah. shit shovel pass yeah. touchdowns. There's Maybe. a lot of hype about Anthony Miller. I didn't put him in the hype section earlier. Could have. A lot of hype about him. Yeah. But I don't think it would be difficult for him to double. That's my point. But Willie, we don't know, but he could easily have eight touchdowns, easily. Now I don't know if it's easy on that team. Yeah, top ten offense. Let's talk under hype from Bullfrog. All right, I've got
1: uh, I've got a guy here, and I also want to give you just one one other little guy at the end here. But uh, my main guy is going to be Dak Prescott. I think we uh, I think we should give Dak a little love this year. Um, I did give Dak Prescott love already. Yeah, love you already. did. I appreciate that. I mentioned that. up for you. You know, last year, I, I specifically remember a matchup we were discussing midseason was the Cowboys and Colts. And I said I'm that uh, Dak Prescott mm-hmm. was going to struggle this week against the Colts' zone defense. And what did do he this. do? <laughs> Dak Prescott threw zero touchdowns.
0: Struggled against the Colts. Uh, you were wrong. Uh, that, was Cooper a, that, sucked. Was, that was the that best stat
1: of the entire year last so year. So we're not going to let that one go. So I thought I'd bring that up. But uh, if you look at uh, Dak's last three seasons, as a rookie he finished number six. Two years ago he finished fantasy quarterback number ten, as the Wiz already mentioned. And last year he finished fantasy quarterback number ten as well. Um, you know he's improved his pass attempts every year. He went from four hundred fifty nine as a rookie to four hundred ninety year two to five hundred twenty six last year. So his his pass attempts are going up. Kellen Moore is now the new offensive coordinator who we mentioned. We don't know really what that means. but uh, He doesn't either. He's
0: waiting for the players to write a playbook. But
1: Kellen Moore was a teammate of Dak, and now he's his coach. That's so maybe awesome. they have some type of relationship there. Uh, he's got the 11th easiest quarterback schedule coming into the year. His 526 pass attempts was actually number 13 in the league, which kind of surprised me that he was 13th in the league. But here's the biggest thing is that his ADP right now is quarterback number 20. And all this man has ever done is finish top 10 or better fantasy-wise. So here's, if I'm a, here's a
0: question I have about Dak Prescott. Um, I don't know if you have it in your notebook there. I'm glad to see you finally got the paper <laughs> notebook back out again. That means okay. you're going to get some good stats coming from you. The question I have is... What are the splits for Dak last year before and after Amari Cooper came to town? Not to say Amari Cooper is any good. I hate him, and I almost put him in my overhyped section here. But something changed on that team when Amari Cooper came to town. I want to know what his first half, second half splits are.
1: Well, really, when I looked at it, Dak struggled in weeks one and two. He had no touchdowns in the first two weeks and only like 100 and some and 200 yards after that, he scored 27 touchdowns in the final 14 weeks, but combined with passing and throwing. I don't know exactly what the breakdown was when uh, Cooper came over. What week was that? It was like four or five oh, or yeah. something. Uh, but I mean, after we went off on Thanksgiving, you know after that. week two, he tur- he was a pretty solid fantasy quarterback. And again, he finished number 10, and that was with two shitty weeks of one and two. Um, you know, I talked about him against zone defenses, so I was like, ah, what, what teams are running a, a zone defense quite a bit? And those are the the Tampa Bay Bucks, obviously with their Tampa 2, the Colts, the Bears, and the Giants are the four teams that run the most zone defense in the NFL. Obviously, he struggled with the Colts last year. He did play the Giants twice, and he threw for five touchdowns and zero interceptions against the Giants' zone defense, so... You know, that doesn't worry me at all. And the only other team that they do play this year would be the Bears. They do play the Bears in a crossover matchup that plays a little bit of that Tampa 2 zone defense. So, you know, that might be a game where he struggles. But otherwise, you know, looking at his schedule, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. And with Zeke catching fucking way more balls out of the backfield than we ever predicted. Because I remember sitting here last year before the season started. You thought Zeke was the fucking king shit, but it's still you were right. You were not predicting no whatever sixty I didn't have some to fucking catches. Right. Me and me and nuts, you know. I mean, we numbers. were we were dogging on him a little bit with his receiving game, but shit. He stepped into the receiving role which only helps helps Dak. You got you guys are high on Michael Gallup because you're sucking his dick on the <laughs> Dynasty League. Mm-hmm. Uh they picked up Randall Cobb who is what he is at this point, Ooh. but he's a, he's a solid slot receiver. Jason Witten's back. <laughs> All <laughs> right! That's a fucking comfort zone, you know, pick up some shit there. Randall Cobb is a clipboard guy. Uh, Sweatshirt So, yeah,
0: clipboard.
1: I don't see any reason why he doesn't finish as a top 10 guy again, but well, he's getting drafted as number 20, so here's, here's, here's him your,
0: late. Here's your splits. Okay, you talk about his attempts. Um, first half of the season, he had 237 passing attempts. Second half of the season, he had 290. 299. Yep. Yeah. First half of the season, he went for sixteen hundred and sixty yards. Second half of the season, twenty two hundred twenty yards. So they passed it more. Um, they threw it further down. I feet. mean, this he is did. this I is something mean, that adds to his stats. Touchdown, touchdown Cooper's split. Cooper's still there, right? That. Touchdown split wasn't that different, ten to twelve. But but yeah, he finished where he finished last year. Even though he came out of the gates really slow, like you said. If you take this, the second half of the season, once he and he and Cooper and whatever whatever the offense did differently when Cooper came to town and stretched that over a year that's a nice that's a nice set of numbers. And in, so you know, if he
1: can score six on the ground for the fourth year in a row, that's what you didn't mention. That that's only adds. Important. Oh, and the last thing I want to bring to you about fucking Dak Prescott is since his rookie year, he leads the NFL in game winning drives, fourteen. Wow. So when you're in a fantasy matchup and fucking. Dak's your quarterback late in the game.
0: You're score How many times do we watch
1: a games where your quarterback is doing jack shit at the end of a game and you're just getting passed? Yeah. And here's Dak fucking leading your team, you know, leading the Cowboys to a victory and scoring you some I, fucking I think fantasy was Six points. rushing
2: TDs that he's, that he's got every single yeah, year. Six. Is, that is a
1: very nice Look, yeah, Very an, nice second number Second in the league behind uh, Watson Josh last Allen. year, I believe. Or, yeah, and Josh eight? Allen. Yeah, there you go. Josh Allen.
2: You've named three guys so far in this
1: episode that all cost you shots last year. It's fine. Anyway, last year's in the past. Done with Dak. I'd be fine picking him up as my starting quarterback late in the fucking. In the draft. last round, though. Yeah,
0: just about. Fuck it. I want to talk about a quarterback as well, and I'm going back to the San Francisco 49er tank to do it. I think my underhyped guy here is Jimmy Garoppolo. We did a, um, you know, we did our mock draft. However many weeks ago now. We haven't done those shots yet, but we are going to have to do those shots at some point because Twitter has spoken. One of the comments about my team that came up time and time and time again. In our last round, I drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. And people kept telling me, bad QB pick. Bad QB pick. You might be able to stream him a couple of times. You look at his ADP right now. He's going as a quarterback 17 late in the 11th round. I take issue with that. Yes, he missed most of last season. What, he played two and a half games last season. Um, But he's back. He's practicing on the field. Meant to be 100% good to go come training camp. Last year, people were high on this guy. We were high on this guy. Some of us uh, ranked him inside our top 10 to start the year. I don't remember who it was. I was one of them. Um, He was being drafted as a quarterback eleven. Last year in drafts, he's dropped to the 17th now. But look, guys, the receiving weapons on this team have improved from last year. They added another really good pass catching back from last year. George Kittle, as overhyped as he is, is a great receiving tight end. He came on since last year. Same coaching staff as they are going to be running the same plays uh, that they were going to be running last year. The O-line going into last season was one of the worst in the league, but they improved a lot last year. Um, Staley's been re-signed. He's back. Your boy McGlinchey had a really no nice day. season. One year under his belt playing on the tackle. He's going to continue to get better. So this offensive line is going to be better than it was last season. Last season with Garoppolo out, we saw C.J. Beathard and then Nick Mullins come in, um, and they combined over 13 games for 4,300 yards and 23 touchdowns and they're shitty quarterbacks. I mean, Nick Mullins looked fine just because he kept chucking it to Kittle, but 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns for a a number two, and Mullins was the number four quarterback to start the season. That's not bad on a team um, that was worse last year than it is going into this season. I don't know why Jimmy Garoppolo is falling, other than, yeah, he was hurt, so people maybe don't remember the hype that he had coming in uh, to the season last year, but Look, I don't have a problem drafting Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback late in drafts right now. I think he's a guy he's a guy that has the potential to finish top eight, top ten quarterback, and he's on a team that could do it. Potentially, yes. The concern around Jimmy G is that and every opportunity that he's had, he can't stay on the field. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's got if,
2: hurt with the Patriots too. Yeah, I mean,
0: people get hurt, right? Like that's totally possible. And at the quarterback position, it's less damning than other positions because sure. you can always stream. So I'm less concerned about injury risk for quarterbacks. That's why I've taken Ben Roethlisberger in the past, who always gets hurt. I guess. Right
2: now, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that your boy Michael Trubisky. Is around that same quarterback, 15, he's going, 16? Nah, he's like 22 high. or no, so. He's, going he's high. higher. Yeah, he's yeah. 16, so 18, I, 18. I, if I had to take the two of them, I would agree with you. 22 Jimmy Mitch
1: Trubisky. That's crazy. Not according to Chris Sims. Right here, fantasy football calculator. Jimmy um, G, 17. Mitch, 22. I mean, who, who, yeah. are, who are the cops around, him? Uh, Tom Brady at 16. Josh Allen, 15. Big Ben, 18. Lamar Jackson, 19. Dak, 20.
2: Those are pretty disgusting people to be around.
1: Yeah, I'd much, I would much rather have Jimmy G going
2: I would much rather have Dak Prescott.
1: I got a couple of things. Two things. One is... Kyler Murray's going as a quarterback. 13. 12, 12, yeah. He's on hype train. He's on I'd hype have, train. I would he's much rather train. have Garoppolo than Murray without
0: knowing what's going to happen there. One, one interesting little... Let's take, let's take a shot. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead I, got, I got a little interesting note here. Let's see what you guys think about this. Do you think Jimmy G... We'll have a much better fantasy season if San Fran sucks. No. Because that's why I think Nick Mullins and uh, and Bethard were so good, is because the team was already shit. Yeah, so why right. not just go out there and fucking gunsling it? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Nick Mullins had games where he threw like four fucking interceptions and four you. touchdowns. If somehow San Fran's fucking winning games, then maybe fantasy-wise that doesn't well, always it's help it's a it's quarterback more necessarily. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Mullins and Bethard had nothing to lose. Those guys are just fucking chucking it, like fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick style, you know, an unknown guys coming up. Why not just chuck it? Where Jimmy G's, I feels like has a little more pressure on him
0: to be. I think Jimmy Garoppolo goes if he can play, goes for at least forty five hundred yards, at least twenty five touchdowns, which is a lot better than QB seventeen. I got remember, a... Matt, remember Matt Schaub. Yeah, oh, yeah. Matt Schaub, when he played for Kyle He's Shanahan's still on offense, went for 4,800 yards and 27 I think. touchdowns. And Jimmy Garoppolo's a better quarterback than Matt fucking Schaub. RG three looked good think. when when Shanahan was coaching him in Washington. Yeah. RG three is a shitty quarterback. There's been some good quarterback play under this guy's offense. Yes, yeah.
1: I forgot RG3. to bring up my name number two, so I'm going to do it real quick oh, right now. And that that's Kirk, Cousin. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Two years ago, two seasons ago, quarterback number five. No, three seasons ago, quarterback number five. Two seasons ago, quarterback number six. Last season, he kind of fell off the board. But he still had the most ever passing touchdowns in his career. How the fuck does that happen? He had 30 passing touchdowns, and he finished. See, like, he
0: had 30 passing yeah, touchdowns? Yeah,
1: and he finished here? in the teens. But he finished He he. what he lacked. Remember the stat about Kirk Cousins? Can't beat good teams. No. Well, yeah, that was one yeah. of them. But remember the other one? No. The rushing stats that I brought up. Oh, because he was the number he was three. One of, yeah, ah. he was one of those guys that would put up four, five, six touchdowns, and last year he had one, and that's what kind of set the that's difference. That's not but, coming up.
0: That's not going to increase.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But, do, I mean, he's being drafted. he's being drafted as the 21st quarterback. Could he be a guy that easily jumps up into the top ten that nobody's talking about?
0: So here's a question: With your boys, Digs and Randallika, do you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? That's what I was going to ask you. That's a tough question for me. Do
1: you like Jimmy, Kirk, or Dak? How would you rank those three right now, Wiz? Give me your answer. Rank those three. I'm ranking them in fantasy, correct? Yeah, only fantasy, fantasy purposes for
0: fantasy purposes.
2: Um, if I had to, I would go Captain Kirk, Jimmy G, and Dak. Probably just because of ceilings. Captain Kirk, just said like he he has probably the best wide receiver tandem behind him and cook is a good that that often shouldn't go anywhere but probably remain the exact as good as it was last year. Um Jimmy G, I I'm like Shanahan boy, I like Shanahan. I like to see what his possibilities are. And what I find surprising is Dak if, it, if that tells you anything with Dak's numbers over the last three years is that his fucking his floor is fucking
0: high. Yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what it tells you. Yeah. Yeah if I if I'm ranking those three, God they're they're so fucking close. And I like them a lot better than quarterbacks going ahead of them. Across the board, but I'd probably, <sighs> I I would probably take Dak first out of those because of the rush. You know how I like the rushing numbers yep, for quarterbacks, too. and he's so consistent with it. So,
2: so you, what you're saying is that you just want a very high, you want you want consistent points at that position.
0: Yeah, that, that's then your take I, I'd his. probably go Jimmy G after that, and then Kirk Cousins after that. I, Kirk Cousins, you know, he he plays, he's got a tough schedule. He's got. A, he's on a team that just keeps saying they just want to keep. Run, they just want to run the ball. They just want to run the ball. They, they dump all their money into the passing game, but they just keep saying they just want to run the ball. Um, but they're all, I, I would have zero problem taking any of those guys, and you can get them all real late. It's like this is as good an argument as there is not to take a quarterback before yeah. before the eleventh round. Well, that's an interesting argument. <laughs> I mean, experience would, would tell you other. I mean, I guess
2: when I've when I've won championships in fantasy football, most of the time I've done it with number one quarterback, with going all the way back to Dante Culpepper, Dave Dante Culpepper stomping around the field. Cole That's because you
1: do it's, six fucking point touchdowns. Yeah, but not, leads. I did with was Culpepper. <laughs> okay,
2: um, but I and in Rogers, so I would tell you that I find a lot of value in getting those those top level quarterbacks just
1: because of, of the how if you high. can get like the yeah. top one, but. That doesn't always happen. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I that's, mean, that's the key there. If you get the top quarterback, yeah, you
2: you're gonna fuck. Really, better. I think I, I, what this is, this whole discussion would tell me is if you can. Dak Prescott is is probably the most intriguing name that we just keep talking about here. Sure. I, Jimmy G could be the number two quarterback after. I mean, he could finish that. He could. He could, he could probably finish the top six. But Dak, will – his
0: stats are telling us he's almost guaranteed Dak, to finish the he, top ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's guaranteed to finish top. Right? Right. If, I, if I
1: was picking, I'm going Dak by a fucking slimmest margin, Kirk Cousins number two, Jimmy G would fall number three for me just because of the unknown. He hasn't done it this for unknown. a season. He's been in.
0: He hasn't it. done it. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, look, guys, those are some hype guys, overhyped, underhyped guys, that you should at least look at, consider, as you start to put together your draft lists. Maybe you've got a dynasty draft coming up, startup draft coming up. Maybe you've got best ball games you're playing. We should really start talking about best ball here soon. It's best ball time, bullfrog. We should do some best ball drafts soon. We did like twelve of them by this time yeah, last year. Haven't done a damn a one. Double. Um. All right, so that's that, that's everything we got. We last thing we got to do before I tell you to fuck off is going to be our lesson of the day.
1: Yeah, my um, lesson of the day, I had two things that were just right on my mind. The, one of them was uh, just, you know, wait on a quarterback, guys. Unless you got some, uh, you know, super flex or some special rules that give your quarterbacks an advantage, I'm going to say wait on that quarterback draft spot. Until and, round pff, Fucking 10 plus, probably. There you go. Uh, and the second one was, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't ever invite Dewey's Nuts to church. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I can make it through the door, but I'll certainly try if you want. All right, guys, fuck off. We got shit to do.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple
1: Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.